Howdy. Welcome to Renegade Fantasy Sports NRL Fantasy Podcast, The Rundown, with me, The Defensive Center. You can find me on Twitter, at Defensive Center. On this weekly podcast, I'll cover all the latest NRL news and developments relevant to your NRL fantasy team. Plus, I'll give you the highlights from www.renegadesfs.com, which is where you can get all of your NRL fantasy analysis from. So the next 15 minutes are meant for all of us who ran for more meters than 8 miles on Wednesday night. So first up, a little update on my team. Round 12 was the first big buy round, and I made some pretty healthy gains. I I climbed uh, 876 spots uh, into the top 2,000, so I'm now ranked 1,966. That's the sort of rise I like to see over those major buy rounds, um, which is why I spend so much time preparing for them. This week, I'm still managing to field 17 players, which is good. But as you would expect with high coverage in round 12, um, I'm not exactly rolling out a fantastic team this round. I'll probably have a halves combination of Nicarima and Field, and I'll be reserving two winger fullbacks and probably a center. So uh, while I've got a full squad on the park, it's uh, not exactly going to roll out a, uh, a score that's likely to get me a big gain this round. So realistically, I'm looking just to hold and then make more gains in those other buy rounds. So trade-wise, this week I'm probably only going to use one trade, if at all. I'm pretty interested in picking up Dylan Edwards from the Panthers, and uh, I'll talk a little bit more about him later on. So now that uh, Origin 1 is done and dusted, and we've got a little bit of information about how the injuries and suspensions have gone and who's likely to back up and not, uh, let's jump into the team lists. So this week there are two teams on the buy, the Rabbitohs and the Sharks. Um, there's a lot of buy-friendly guns from both of those teams, so a lot of teams are going to be under strength this round. So don't fret. Storm versus Knights. Uh, Jesse Bromwich is back for the Storm, which pushes McLean to the bench. Brandon Smith has been retained on the extended bench, um, who is there as a cover for the hooking position. Um, so there's a bit of a rumor that Cameron Smith pulled up a bit sore after Origin. So I would watch out for team lists uh, tomorrow for that game just to see if Smith uh, a plays at all, starts, um, and if Smith, if Brandon Smith is retained on the bench, uh, what that might mean for Cameron Smith's minutes. Either way, I probably wouldn't captain him, or at the very least, vice captain, and maybe think about a loophole. Um, Chambers will play. He is avoided suspension uh, because the NRL can't afford decent lawyers and don't seem to know how to write the laws of their own game up properly. The Knights see Ross Barnett and Starling come back. Yates will start at lock and Stone goes to the bench. So for the Eels versus Warriors, Brown has been named and uh, all the late mail suggests that he's a reasonably strong chance of playing. Um... Matangi starts, Valve and Scott are on the bench. For the Warriors, Nicol Klockstad is out for Solomon Akata. Uh, so Klockstad's time as a cash cow is probably up as um, he doesn't seem to be in the top 17 when everyone's fit. And Manu Vadavai is also due back at some point soonish. Lilliman will back up, um, which is unsurprising because he didn't do a whole lot on Wednesday night. Dragons versus Tigers. The Dragons did that really irritating thing in the origin period where they named all of their origin players on an extended bench. 
Uh, WIDIP is also named on the extended interchange, so no one's entirely sure exactly how that team will look come Saturday. I expect all of them to play, so um, work out what that means for that squad. For the Tigers, uh, Tedesco will back up. Um, new recruit uh, Lola here will also start at 5'8", and will partner uh, Little John. For the Roosters and the Broncos, both teams will miss um, their origin halves. Milford and Pierce have both sustained a concussion in origin and will not play. Uh, there's also a rumor that Milford is getting scans for a cheek injury, uh, which could put him out for longer, so watch that space. Um, that could potentially be good for Nikarima, uh, depending on what Bennett plans to do. Um, of course, Nikarima was on the bench last week uh, to spell Travis Waddell, and Benji Marshall played at six. Uh, but this round, McCulloch is back, so Nick Arima may not be uh, needed to spell uh, Waddell as McCulloch can play 80 minutes. And so perhaps Nick Arima starts at six. So again, watch that space um, and watch for any late mail. Now, the word is that Cornish will replace Pierce, um, but Watson is probably also in the mix, you would think. Uh, for the Broncos, all the Origin stars... Minus Milford, of course, plus McCulloch are named, and they will likely play. Uh, the Roosters' origin players are all expected to play as well, except Pierce, who is out. Cowboys versus Titans. There's no changes for the Cowboys, but Thurston is on the extended bench and could play, but rumour is that he is unlikely. The Titans are also unchanged, uh, based on their team that has been named. However, Pete sustained a pretty bad cork on Wednesday night and is in pretty serious doubt. Kane will run out, although if he'll bother to turn in anything approaching um, the game he played on Wednesday night remains to be seen. I think I'm safe to say if you're a Titans fan, you'd be pretty pissed off seeing the way he he played on Wednesday night considering the trash he's been turning in every week while wearing uh, the Gold Coast colours. So next game, Manly versus Raiders. The Sea Eagles have named an unchanged side, but Miles is likely out with an elbow injury. Um, the Raiders will see the return of Papali, who will replace Bateman. Bulldogs versus Panthers, uh, last game for the Dogs. The Origin players will return. Um, Fine, Montoya, and Tuolau miss out. Graham has been named. Um, he had another head impact assessment last round, and assuming he passes um, a bunch of tests, He's a pretty strong chance of, of playing. The word is he's a pretty good chance that he'll take the field. Um, it's pretty frustrating. The game is last, so you pretty much don't have uh, much to go on unless some stronger male comes out as the round progresses. For the Panthers, um, a now quite old young Matt Moylan finally gets his long-awaited chance to play 5-8. Uh, Dylan Edwards will start at fullback. Um, and he has a break-even of minus seven. A pretty big tackle break potential. He's made five tackle breaks in his previous in each of his previous two games. And uh, he has a reasonable amount of time to make the fullback position his own. He is in the team because Cartwright is going to be out for quite a while, um, getting uh, surgery, I think, on his leg. So that's what's pushed Moylan to 5'8". So you would think... He's going to be a pretty popular option this week. I'm definitely interested in myself. Uh, Mansour is also back. Another tackle-breaking 
uh, winger fullback, so he will be on people's radar. And Mitch Rain will replace Wallace at hooker. Um, and Yo also returns. So on the Renegades Fantasy Sports website, uh, the break-evens are up and the game reviews are there as well from last week if you've forgotten them with all the origin hype. The Bosses article is also out so you can gauge your performance against them uh, over the buys. The Bosses averaged 667 points last week um, and almost all of them made pretty significant gains. I think only one team didn't uh, gain in ranks altogether. So they definitely know what they're doing, and this is that time of the year when all of them start to uh, really improve their ranks. And so if you've been doubting their performance up until now, although one is still ranked outside of the 10,000, so you know, continue to doubt that, that coach. Uh, but the rest of them are going to start making a real charge um, now that the buys have started. So in addition to that, Renegades FS have started their buy round competition, so there's a bit of cash up for grabs there. Um, there's an article up there cover, covering the current leaders and how they're performing. And there's a few tips in there about how to keep moving through the buyers and some some uh, good trade decisions and strategies that you can make to, to keep competitive through the buyers. The Renegade has his question and answer article up. Um, it normally goes up uh, the day after I release this podcast, so it's up there now. Um, so I've managed to have a look at it. He's currently ranked inside the top 500. So you should definitely take him seriously. Um, some of the questions he's fielded this week include uh, some of his thoughts on maybe only running gun hook, one gun hooker, which is certainly not something that people have done in previous years, and, uh, and also how important grabbing Dylan Edwards is. Um, as a bit of a spoiler, the Renegade isn't looking to get Edwards. Uh, he doesn't see the hype, so uh, don't feel so bad if uh, you're not getting on board either. So this week, something I've seen a bit of chat about um, on the Renegades Facebook pages is um, has been a few value prospects floating around in the form of George Burgess, Jesse Bromwich, and Trent Merrin. So I think a lot of people see them all as potentially pretty good value um, if they start putting together the form that we know that they're capable of. So for Merrin, he's currently priced at $444,000. He has a three-round average of 69, which is fantastic, um, and he is discounted by almost $90,000 uh, on his price last year. Um, because of that price uh, and that run of good scores, he's got a break-even of 16, uh, which means you really don't have time to wait and see if he can keep it up. Um, you know, If you want to get on board, you've got to get on now because his price is going to get back up to where he was last year pretty quickly if he keeps stringing these scores together. So he did have one try in those three games. Um, he did play 80 minutes in the most in the previous round uh, due to some injuries to the pack. Um, but it does look like he's back to some of that form from last year. So if you've got the money uh, and you want to get him, it looks like he's not in the mix for origin um, after the Blues performance on Wednesday night. Now's the time to get on him. Um, you don't really have time to wait. If you wait a couple of weeks to see how he's going to go, he's going to be $50,000 more expensive. George Burgess, he's $235,000. Uh, he hasn't been a gun for two seasons, um, but he has finally managed one decent score of 40 points last week. That doesn't sound like much, but a lot of people are paying attention. The um, Burgesses all play for the South, so they've got fantastic buy coverage, and so a lot of people are interested in them, uh, in George in particular, turning it around. 
He did play more minutes last week, so that's a little bit of a concern as to why he did that. Did he do that because he was playing better or did he do it because there was something different in the rotation that may not continue? He does have a break-even of 13, uh, but he does have a buy this round. I'd recommend you probably want to wait at least one more game to see if he can play well again before you think about picking him up for those last two major buy rounds. Finally, you've got uh, Jesse Bromwich. He has not done anything at all to make us believe that he can turn his season around. Uh, He brought a back injury into the season. He had a thumb injury after a few rounds, and then he managed to get himself dropped on disciplinary reasons for some of his off-field shenanigans after the, the test match. So he's really only on people's radar because of the Storm's buys. He will play the two major buy rounds. Uh, and so he does have a break-even of 38. And so in my view, you've really got you've got a couple of rounds to wait and see if his off-field um, carry-on and the repercussions of that will trigger some sort of return to form uh, or maybe he's getting over those injuries uh, from earlier in the season. You know, He still needs to see a bit of an increase in minutes. His minutes are down slightly on last year, but his points per minute are as well. So he's got to do a fair bit before he can convince you that he's worth jumping on. But you should definitely keep an eye on him because his buys and his price definitely make him an attractive option. So this week, uh, the loopholes might, the captaincy loophole might still be available to you if you're only fielding 17 or less. Um, if you don't know what the captaincy loophole is, uh, listen to last week's podcast, uh, or you can look up the article on the website explaining it. Um, for me, the captaincy options, so those player players playing later in the round, are pretty thin. Normally, I prefer to have someone who's quite reliable, uh, you know, someone who's going to score, you know, who's averaging high 50s preferably, um, so they're so they're a bit of a safety net for for a risky of vice captain. Um, someone like Graham would normally be on the cards as he plays quite late, but at the moment I don't want to roll the dice on him. Um, so other than the Bellin, there's not a lot on offer, but there's heaps of vice captain options. I prefer streaky guys who can peel off a massive score. Anyone from the Storm because they're playing the Knights. Uh, for me, I'm going for Slater, um, SJ. Uh, Sean Johnson from the Warriors, definitely great option. Uh, Brown, Semi Rodradra, Tedesco, but obviously Tedesco plays in the same game as DeBellin, so you've got to get on board. Uh, you've got to captain someone later if you want to do that. So that's it for this week. Sit tight, set your lineup, and loophole. See ya.